Vault 7, genuine leak or limited hangout? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6, I am back at my regular time for the duration. So here I am. You can count on it. Uh, if you do miss the, pot, the show or any of the show and you want to go back and listen to the podcast, I still always post it on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, also on PropagandaReportDaily.com, which is uh, my website where I post I try to post an article every day about the news of the day, my impressions on what really just trying to tell you what the news is really doing, the kind of spin they're putting on there. I also put on their podcast, not only of this show, but of uh, the show I do propaganda report with Binkley. And I also have some special features. So right now I have a podcast up of a show I did with Rogue Money, which if you listen to the last podcast I did with them, uh, it was people loved it. So check that out. Binkley, how can people check out uh, our regular podcast and that all that good stuff? They can go to propagandareportsdaily.com, and on the right, they will see a little icon for Google Play and for iTunes. They can click on both of those and subscribe, or they can find us on YouTube, and we're being suppressed on YouTube, so <laughs> they need to join That does quickly. happen. Yes. So I have – yeah, that's true. If you write the wrong – the wrong words, they have flags that maybe you're not spinning it quite the way you're supposed yeah. to. I don't I don't I don't think they're actually listening to the stuff, but our provocative headlines sometimes do get their <laughs> attention. I do actually on propagandareportdaily.com right now, I reposted an article from three years ago. This week marks the anniversary. Uh actually it's Today is the anniversary of Fukushima but um, and that tsunami, but this week was also the anniversary of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, which they searched for literally for years. But within a week or two, I think I cracked the code on that, and I still stand by my original analysis, which I reposted. It's uh, People are still fascinated by that, so highly encourage the that for a read. black hole theory, is that? Say that again? Is it your theory the black hole theory? No, I think it went – well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I want people to look at my evidence of where I think it went and what I think happened to it. So, And I, I really have a lot of evidence as opposed to the ridiculous conspiracy theories that were peddled by the mainstream media. So uh, check that out. There is plenty of news this week, though. We don't have to go back three years or six years to – find interesting stuff. I will absolutely positively never get to it all, but I'm going to try to get to as much as I can. And the first thing, the thing that I found most fascinating this week was Vault 7. Vault 7 was the WikiLeaks reveal. Uh, Julian Assange said that in contractors or points to CIA contractors released or he released on their behalf 8,761 documents, and they reveal the CIA's hacking methods. So I'm going to tell you my theory of 
what it's all about, what what it what's really contained in that, how damaging it is, and what's the real purpose of it. Because in my opinion, stuff like that, if it's truly damaging to the deep state, does not get on the cover of the Wall Street Journal every day like this was. And I, I think I I think I cracked the code on that too. And I'm gonna tell you at the bottom of the hour, but first I just want to kind of tell you what it is and start the conversation. If this is a funny parallel between this leak and the Edward Snowden leak was that both guys seemed to say or did say they wanted to just start the conversation. We want to have a public debate about hacking and privacy, which is insane. If you're risking going to jail, uh, Snowden allegedly is in exile. These guys lose everything. They give up everything for chatter. You know, that it, it's just silly. It just sounds to me like something some academic in a think tank would come up with. That's obviously, uh, you know, bait. I, I think if you really had somebody who cared, they would be demanding that we restore the Fourth Amendment or uh, re- restore the um, law of nations, this age-old respect for the sovereignty of others and demand that, that our sovereignty is respected. I mean, these are the principles at stake, not, you know, let's talk about it, take a vote, and, uh, you know, whatever. I just wanted to throw it out there. No. I'm not buying it, but but I want to talk more about that uh, at the bottom of the hour. What the leaks actually revealed, though, were uh, interesting. It provides, to the extent that they are authentic, they it provides validation for stuff that we've talked about before on this show. A lot of people, anybody who kind of goes one layer down the onion talks about this stuff. One thing was it compromised smartphones so they could listen while you're while it's off. And that was something that I had remembered from a video I saw called The Program from 2011, I think it was, where Bill Binney, a famous NSA whistleblower, uh, revealed that they can listen to you through your phone while it's off. That was six years ago. A caller, Alan, called this show within a couple of months ago telling us about the uh, their the government's ability to break into the Apple iOS they can uh intercept messages even if they're encrypted i mean they this has all been open secrets another thing that came out is that the TVs can listen to you and ultimately i don't think it was in the leak but the TVs are all going to have cameras in them. <laughs> so why you need a camera in your TV? So they're not only going to be able to listen to you, they're going to be able to watch you. They talked about how you could hack uh, smart cars, crash them into a tree, but anybody in the conspiranoid community remembers when Michael Hastings, the reporter, crashed into the tree in L.A. Uh, even the I remember a viral video of a local newscast in San Diego where the gal demonstrated this software, talked to intelligence experts and said, yeah, they can just uh, take control of your car. This was years ago that this came out. And also that uh, they could mask malware, mask the source of hacks. So if they say if we are told that Russia has evidence uh, that we have evidence that Russia was responsible for the Hillary hack into her email because the IP address points right to Russia. We've had whistleblowers telling us for months now it would never point right to Russia. Russia has this technology, too. They would point it back to the CIA. So, the, so all this stuff was absolutely open secrets, and uh, and it's still making waves. But uh, But now that people realize 
for sure it's happening, I think it has a chilling effect. So when Snowden came out and he said uh, that they're reading your emails, even I started being careful about my emails. I, who share my my most controversial thoughts with you on the air, I'm not writing down in emails anymore. But I feel like the fact that they're listening to us in our own kitchens with uh, your Alexa, your Echo, it's making people not speak freely in their own homes. My kids reacted that way. And I'm wondering if how you're reacting to that. Is that do you think that's a real phenomenon? Do you chill your speech? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I tweeted about this earlier today. Binkley, do you have any, any thoughts from the tweets? Yeah, Dean tweets, self-censorship. Yes, it's it's this concept of the panopticon, which I've talked about before. I talked about it a lot after Edward Snowden. It was a Jeremy Bentham idea from, I think, the 19th century or earlier, where if if there's a if you think that you are being watched, whether or not you can see the watcher, you uh, curb your behavior. You act like you're being watched and just there doesn't even have to be a watcher for that to effectively stifle, in this case, political debate or teaching your own children about the right to, you know, for civil disobedience, stuff like that. What else you got? The bitter one tweets, shh, Skynet can hear you. <laughs> that's a Terminator reference, is yeah, it not? Yeah. So that's when you look at this stuff, you can't help but recognize uh, what they call predictive programming. They make movies like Terminator, TV shows like Westworld with artificial intelligence um, robots who are indistinguishable from human beings, don't even know they're robots. This this is the kind of stuff that I feel I read an article in the journal this week, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, will change the world. You'll just get used to speaking your desires and your little robot or whatever in your house is going to respond to it, which, of course, means that it's always listening. It's always listening to you. So my husband now unplugs the Alexa, which we got as a gift. We got Alexa as a gift. We got two Alexas as a gift. <laughs> wow. And yeah, it reminds me of the SpongeBob movie where Plankton hands out these chum buckets, but they're really secretly mind control devices. So you think you got a free <laughs> chum bucket, but by the end of it, everybody is enslaved by his electronic uh, society. So I am curious to know if anybody else has that feeling. You have an Alexa, you want to turn it off? You want to, <laughs> as my preference would be to smash it with a hammer? I don't know. 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 55 and overcast outside the studio. A 7 on the Mellish meter. And don't forget, tonight is the beginning of daylight savings time. So set your clocks ahead an hour. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I'm talking about Vault 7, but um, open to other topics. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Steve Incoming. Hi, Steve. You're on with Monica. Hey, 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 hey. Um, first of all, full disclosure, um, I am a libertarian, and uh, <clears throat> I am a ex-intelligence uh, person, of sorts, and and so one of the comments that, uh, and I agree with what you say, but 
last week you made the statement about the Navy budget. Uh, I think you made the comment about uh, Trump being aboard the USS uh, Gerald Ford, and what does that got to do with the fight in ISIS? And correct me if I'm wrong. But, well, I had uh, that conversation in that he wanted to expand the Navy, and I was pointing to a Brzezinski article in the New York Times saying that he thinks we should be prepared to blockade Russia's maritime commerce, and yeah. I thought that was the real reason behind Trump's desire. And that could be, um, but I think you also made this comment is, you know, and I, again, I'm paraphrasing, what, what does that have to do with ISIS? Well, no, I just didn't think we needed to have the largest Navy since World War II uh, in the fight against ISIS. I feel like there's something else going on there. I think there's a lot of noise about war uh, going on right now that isn't just increased spending. I think there's a real risk. I have to get to a break, but I do want to get back on the Vault 7 talk. But I will say this idea of justifying increased defense spending is part of the reason I think the Vault 7 reveal leak is a limited hangout. 404-872-0750, wsb talk You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. It's a man A man Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. For what we've been talking about is this Vault 7, which is the WikiLeaks reveal of CIA hacking operations. And uh, we had a call before the break that brought up what I was talking about last week about a massive increase in defense spending, um, biggest Navy since the World Wars, that kind of thing. And this, believe it or not, this Vault 7 leak folds into an overarching picture of defense spending that I want to share with you. So I'm going to um, let me think, do you have any, any tweets? I still want to talk about the impact. So Vault 7, one of the reveals from Vault 7 Uh, which came out this week, was that the CIA can listen to you. Now, the CIA turns outward. It's not supposed to be listening to U.S. citizens, but uh, the NSA does it, too, according to the NSA whistleblower Bill Binney. Certainly, they have the capabilities of it. They can listen to what's going on in your house through your phone, even when it's off. And now that we have Alexas and Echoes, those things are really designed to never be off because if you say their name, they respond immediately. And so, obviously, they're always listening. And I wonder if this kind of a leak, this kind of a discussion, gets us to not have normal conversations. So when I talk to my kids, uh, or they have brought up to me separately, that they, they worry that they can be heard. Or like when they are talking to their friends online, that somebody's listening. And I always tell them, you should be careful. You should always be careful. I I was raised growing up, never write in a letter something you don't want to come back to haunt you. Never, uh, you know, be caught in a picture you don't want other people to see 20 years from now. So these were words to live by. I I had eight older brothers and sisters, and I guess they learned the hard way about the technology of their time. But I tell my kids, Watch what you say. And I and I often think, like, the only place you can really talk is, like, in a bathroom. And then I see, I suspect that this transgender 
conversation about bathrooms will will result in surveillance in bathrooms too. I mean, it's coming. They have this now shot spotter where they they're putting listening devices on. Uh, the street lamps. I mean, it's total surveillance all the time inside your house. Another thing that came out of Vault 7 was that your TVs can spy on you when you're when you're listening. And eventually, TVs are all going to have cameras in them. So we're talking eyes and ears in your home. And I wonder <laughs> if you if that you know, if that bothers you. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, we've been having this conversation. Tweets are coming in. Do you, what, I'll take in on any of that kind of broad range of topics there. Nathan just tweeted that we log into our Alexa account and we see all kinds of conversations that were recorded with no trigger word or anything. It's scary. Our, ours was unplugged weeks ago. No way. Because that's what I said. My husband's like, just unplug it. I actually heard my husband say to my kids, and I've said this before, my husband is just, what you see is what you get. Like, I love him to death, but there's just, he's never peeling the onion. I don't think he has an onion. Like, he's just, you know, he's just what you see is what you get. And I heard him tell the kids, like, um, I don't speak freely around the Alexa. Like, <laughs> because of mom's work. I mean, I think that's what he was saying. Like, because... But the, the crazy thing is I say this stuff on the air, and I'm, like, actually less worried about that. I really just don't like the idea that you're off, uh, that in your own home, like your kids and stuff, how are they going to explore thoughts about, especially about these un-PC and PC memes? They can't actually have any honest conversations about, well, why do people say that? Like, what is the transgender thing? You, they, they don't even feel comfortable asking questions like that in, in their own home. So, uh, and I told my husband, it's like, unplugging is probably not going to be enough. And that is when the smash it with a hammer idea came up. <laughs> but they they were free. We got two of them on separate like corporate events free. It's crazy. I, I feel like there's another example besides the SpongeBob movie where they just give it away free, and then everybody has this thing in their house that they didn't really mean to have, and and then things go horribly wrong. So what, anything else? You had anything else before I yeah, dive in? Yeah, uh, Ridgeway tweets that he likes to dress his Alexa in a little police or spy outfit. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. The, there were so many, a couple of different people tweeted me videos. I thought it was the same video, but it was a couple of different videos saying, uh, talking to the Alexa, one asked if, she worked for the CIA. One asked if she worked for the government. There was like <laughs> trying to tell it, ask it like, what are you listening to me when you're not supposed to? All this kind of stuff. And it was answering. This is a funny thing. It was answering in a way like I that question doesn't make sense to me. And it reminded me of the show that I, I, you and I have bo both watched Westworld on HBO, which is about robots who don't even know they're robots. Uh, some. Yeah. And. When they see something anomalous, something that doesn't fit with their made-up world, which is like a Western it's, – it's like an amusement park, but it's like a cross-between amusement park and a video game from the Old West. And when, they, and when the androids are exposed to something that would reveal the artificialness of their environment, they say, that doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't mean anything to me. And that was like what Alexa was saying. It was like, do you work for the CIA, Alexa? 
I don't understand that question. <laughs> I was like, whoa, she is Dolores. Like, the, she's the character from Westworld. It's also like Humans, that other show where they have the robots living in the house. The people look at it. Like, I haven't seen that one yet, and that, I think, is free. Like, Westworld is HBO. I want to see Humans, and Westworld isn't coming back for, like, another year. So, I don't know. But I, let me explain and tell me, Binkley, if this makes sense to you. Sometimes I need the uh, – uh, that's – Way too deep, slow down, (laughs) kind of put the brakes on. Here's the thing. So when I saw this Vault 7 thing coming out of the box, I thought it this leak, I immediately thought if it it makes sense to techies in the world, like in the regular private guys, it's got to be previous generations of stuff because I know – that the CIA, for example, has stuff 10 years in advance, at least, probably much more, stuff that we don't get at all. So I immediately thought this is past generation stuff. It's not going to hurt anybody to have these leaks out there. And I and I and in The Wall Street Journal, it was weird because in one on, in one day, I saw at least two articles that they had the exact same line. It was this. For companies such as Apple, Google, Samsung, and Microsoft, all of whom work with the CIA, by the way, in my, to the best of my knowledge, uh, it says the risks are substantial. If the CIA code is released before software updates are available, their users could be hacked. This is what the Wall Street Journal was pushing. But then the next day, I saw a uh, the answer which wasn't as pushed that the spoke a spokesman for Microsoft and several other companies said that most of the issues are dated and have been addressed in the latest software. So it's really not that damaging. And, uh, but what it does is it gives us an excuse. It gives the CIA an excuse to do two things, revamp and level up on their, their spying, their budget, all that stuff, just uh, to ramp it up. And the other thing which I saw coming with the Michael Flynn stuff when Trump came out and said it's the leaks, the leaks are the story, the leaks are the story, I knew that it would be uh, you know, the 2.0 version of Obama's insider threat program where they and, – and I noticed this too when Trump wanted to consolidate and streamline and tighten up the intelligence agencies – uh, it, it just it smacked to me of you know, kind of consolidating this deep state information resource, which is a super scary kind of way to go, uh, a scary thing to think. So it would it, if you think Trump's an outsider, then maybe this could be happening without his understanding. Maybe he's just oblivious, doesn't even know what's going on. I really don't know. But there are a lot of signs that they're trying to uh, – Get full control of the of the inside people. Don't make it at all possible. Like there's a difference between a leak and a whistleblower. A whistleblower cares about the Constitution. So what these guys do is – so the other element of it that I see with the defense spending, if you look at our defense budget overall, we spend half of the world's defense money is the U.S., and the rest of the world combined is the spends the same. So how do you really justify what Trump just des- described as the greatest increase in defense spending ever? 
no, uh, the strongest Navy since the World Wars. How do you how do you justify that? I have thought for a long time that in order for us to justify a trillion dollars a year, trillion dollars a year, trillion dollars a year, year after year, or almost that much, in defense, we actually arm the enemies so that we have an excuse to level up. And there are numerous examples of that. One is when Robert Oppenheimer of the Manhattan Project gave the nuclear secrets to Stalin, and that launched the Cold War. Massive spending by the military-industrial complex, which would have taken a lot longer to ramp up if we had waited for the, actually tried to get them to not get it or gave them false information. And then even with Iran, I remember Stuxnet was this great cyber warfare device that we launched, and they figured they reverse-engineered. And then another time, I think in 2011, we crashed a drone or they downed a drone in Iran that we flew right over there. And now they have this drone technology that leapfrogged anything they could have had. Same thing with this. We give everybody these hacking devices, hacking information, and it gives the CIA or whatever, you know, our cyber warfare people uh, an excuse to massively increase defense spending and and uh and bring to another generation generation that we don't even need or wouldn't have needed so that's uh so i guess i have to take a break and then and then i or that was a lot to unpack so if you know what do you think binkley why how should i unpack that coming up give me one kind of zinger that I we've lost that. our advantage and warfare because of the leaks, so now we need to spend more money to regain our advantage. Yeah, I think that that's, in a nutshell, what the point would be, what the meme coming out of this. I think there are probably some other uh, memes, too. I feel like there are other uh, purposes to what I'm going to call the limited hangout. I'll explain to you what a limited hangout is in spy speak, straight out of my glossary. <laughs> I know. So we've got a little a, a little nugget coming up. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 61 is the high today, 40 the low overnight. And don't forget, it is the beginning of daylight savings time, so set your clock ahead one hour. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about Vault 7. Vault 7 is this WikiLeaks leak that uh, tops Edward Snowden uh, uh, and, by coincidence, picks up where Snowden left off. So Edward Snowden gave us all this insider information from the NSA. In 2013, um, he came out, and then it all should have dried up after that. It kept coming out after, but he no longer had access to that information. So it really had to end there. This is a little bit uh, better, but you know, a little, it has a little more legs because it starts in 2013, but because the individuals have not been revealed, they can go on forever. And I'm thinking it will. Assange said something, if I recall correctly, like this is just 1% of it. So get ready for a long one. Buckle your seatbelt. But I think, it's a limited hangout. I think that uh, this stuff is put out there. It has some negative impact or it looks to on its face. Oh, the CIA is bad. Let's talk about that. And maybe that is a real possibility. Let's talk about that. If you want to talk about the possibility that the CIA is really under fire now, maybe 
maybe it's uh, Binkley thinks it's Trump's back door to get rid of the CIA. Maybe let's talk about that at the top of the hour. 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. But but the limited hangouts, you hang some stuff out there that is against your interests or appears to be. But ultimately, it serves a better goal. And the goal would be, in my mind, that they can revamp everything because now their enemies have all of these uh, they have all of their hacking secrets. Now they have a plausible argument that ISIS and Iran and any kind of second rate uh, power can attack us on our own terms. And what do we have to do? We have to tighten up no more. You know, we have to the government has to implement security on our behalf, work hand-in-hand with tech companies, unlike when it was viruses, where McAfee, as a private guy, protected us from viruses. It's a private, private companies can do it half the time. The problem is the government won't let them tighten the stuff up because they insist on having backdoors. So I think this is uh, really not what it appears to be. But there are a lot of possible interpretations of it. Even on those terms. So give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I'll read some tweets uh, after the break at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I am back at my regular time for the duration, but even even then, you can't always tune in the whole time. So I do post my podcast, Commercial Free, which is a courtesy that WSB extends to me and I appreciate and uh, I do that on my own website, MonicaPerezShow.com. That's kind of a lower volume website if you want to sign up for that. And then I also have Propaganda Report Daily where I try to post up every single day or you know every weekday maybe on what I think is really the underlying, the kind of propaganda element that you're getting out of the mainstream media. I think they give you facts, but they always give you the spin that tells you that kind of points to what they, you know, where they want you to, what they want you to conclude based on the story. So I try to analyze that a little bit and put up some special features. I have a podcast up there right now with Rogue Money, which was a very popular, a show that I was on recently. I got uh, a lot of great feedback on that. So you can check it out. If people want to be plugged into this, Binkley, how do they? I do a, a podcast propaganda report uh, once a week with Binkley, which is also um, on our uh, on the website. And there's a feed for that free, commercial free. How do they do it? Go to propagandareportdaily.com. And on the right, you'll see two little icons. To uh, One of them is for iTunes. The other is for Google Play. Click on them, subscribe, leave us some feedback, ratings. That would be great. Love that. Just for fun. I like the feedback because who doesn't like I like good feedback. I'm like Trump. Like if you're not (laughs) if you're not going to vote for me, don't vote. I love that. That's my favorite. So I we're what we're talking about now today, what I think the big story is there are a few things this week. Maybe we can get to some other stuff, too. But Volt 7 was a big leak uh, by WikiLeaks put it out, and supposedly it was contractors who work for the CIA. And 
revealed the CIA's hacking techniques. Now, my working theory is that this stuff is previous generation stuff, meaning it's stuff that that the devices it's talking about have already guarded against with uh, new updates, security updates. They're, they talk about Apple, Google, Microsoft, all those guys. I think even just peeling one layer of the onion, you find that they are very deeply entrenched with the government. And I, I think that there's just no way. Well, because I think this was an inside job. So I don't think that uh, I don't think it poses a real danger. A lot of this stuff, if not all of it, were open secrets. I, not Not one of these things surprised me or I hadn't heard of before. And what I think one of the goals of this Uh, What I consider to be a PSYOP, a psychological operation, I think we're being deceived, is that if they throw this stuff out there, it, it makes, it neutralizes or dates or whatever, it makes obsolete all of this, all of this stuff, which we think is state of the art CIA stuff. I don't think it is, but we're being told this is kind of what they're using in the here and now. I don't believe that. I think they're way more advanced than what we are aware of, but it gives a really emotional excuse people start getting scared whatever they they're afraid that their stuff can get hacked into it gives an excuse for the government to uh, upgrade all of their hacking stuff to spend a lot a lot of money on cyber defense it just gives them what they want which is to get bigger and stronger and less transparent so that's my read on it i'm going to take some calls i've got some good ones Queued up for this, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Do we have any tweets, Binkley, on this? Yeah. T-Pain says that Vault 7 is a legitimate leak, and it's just more proof that the CIA is a criminal syndicate. That... That goes to, I think, what we, what you were talking about or told me about before the break and during the break about uh, an alternative theory to this. So e- even if it is a psychological operation, there's an underlying purpose to it. It's not right. just what you see is what you get. Uh, I think, I, you know, I think it's to justify more defense spending or more cyber defense spending. What it, what was your theory? Well, I thought it might be possible that Trump was like, I can't overtly say dismantle the CIA, so let's leak a bunch of documents that makes the people fear the CIA and then ask the government to dismantle the CIA. So it throws them under the bus and it makes people want to do away with them. I I can – Trump certainly has been presented as skeptical of the CIA. The CIA doesn't like him. People worry that that'll put him in danger. If you if you are still thinking that Trump's fighting his best against the deep state, I can understand that. I'm starting for me the litmus test of whether Trump was 100% uh an outsider or not is Really, foreign policy. It, I I decided a couple of years ago, concluded that foreign policy is the more important stuff. The domestic policy keeps us busy. That's where we all always focus. But really, the the shadow government cares more about uh, doing the bidding of the military industrial complex, which I have always defined as finance, energy, and defense as the big three. And this week, there had uh, a. There's been deployment of special forces from Fort Benning of Marines to Syria in a new capacity to actually do some fighting rather just some tra- than some training. That's big. 
A lot of bombs being dropped on Yemen, not to fight Al Qaeda, like they say, because that the government that was in place during 9-11, where Yemen and Saudi Arabia had a lot of, there was a lot of chatter coming out of there during 9-11. The government that abetted all that was our friend, and that they're gone now, and now's when we start bombing. So for me, I think that the better read of what's happening in Yemen is that Saudi Arabia likes as- access to those Red Sea ports. That's what's going on there. And I and also all this noise about North Korea. It looks like we're headed to some action there, possibly, which would be insane. That would be like war with China. I don't know. But the more we talk about spending a lot, increasing the debt, uh, uh, putting boots on the ground if it comes to that, the more I think that uh, Trump is working, whether he knows it or not, in the service of the military-industrial complex. And that's why there's always, to me, two different interpretations. Is he in on it or is he not in on it? It does matter in how you read things like this Vault 7. But I want to know what you all think. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Tony and Marietta. Hi, Tony. What you got for me? Monica, I'll stay in the race as long as you do. How are you? I doing? am staying in the race. I, we, you, we go back a long time. Tony is a frequent caller and listener and emailer. And uh, and we're both in the race, so it's getting interesting, isn't it? Yes. Some uh, new horses kudos. in this race. Yeah. Kudos to your last statement about uh, the technology. Uh, the only thing you left out, which I'm going to help you put a piece of the puzzle in, is the longevity of this technology. Uh, when I was on active duty back in 97, a lot of this stuff was available at the State Department level. So, this stuff that you're seeing now in Vault yes, 7. Yes, what yes, year yes. was that, did you say? 97. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm under the impression, that the CIA yes. is minimum 10 to 20 years ahead of what we what makes sense to us. The fact that techies are looking at this stuff and understanding it means to me it's previous gen yeah, generation. It's, it's old technology. And yeah. uh, there's a segment uh, I just want to add this into. There's a segment of our society that, I would I would venture to say that it doesn't take much for them to say, yeah, you know, give up our rights, protect us. You know, they, they, yeah. they scare easily. So uh, I, I think – go ahead. I saw in uh, the just the Wikipedia entry of Vault 7, they had for what – you know, why they would just put this random quote in there. It says that uh, a senior – some guy I never heard of <laughs> said uh, our digital security has been compromised because the CIA has been stockpiling vulnerabilities rather than working with companies to patch them. The United States is supposed to have a process that helps secure our digital services and devices, the vulnerabilities equities process. But I'm thinking, why does the government have to have that? McAfee helped us with the viruses. These are private companies. They're more than competent to handle this stuff. And if the government got out of their way, it would probably would be totally secure. Yeah, there's something there's more to it than people are uh are being led to believe this this whole leak of information i wouldn't take it at face value i, I would go beyond uh what do you that. do you have a little nugget of interpretation you can share with us yeah i'm, I'm gonna go back to the days when i used to be a wild child uh, i had a woman tell me one time that she could tell when a man was lying his, his lips were moving oh, whew. i really thought that was gonna go <laughs> blue there tony <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's the drop button? 
Okay, so, uh, yes, <laughs> so you were a smooth talker, Tone. Long time ago, long time ago, long, long time yeah. ago. So the point I'm trying to get at is that I wouldn't trust anything that comes out. I would uh, keep I your, comp- your, your uh, critical thinking hat on at all times. Yeah, I'm working on that, and I, I, I do my best to keep my critical thinking hat on. I But I have to say this, the campaign, the outcome of the election last year, really threw me for a loop. I, I think that they're now I'm not as confident in my first pass interpretation of events that that I don't think are what you see is what you get. But I really I feel like I have to think a little harder now, which I already thought I over <laughs> I thought too much already. It's very interesting. And I'm dying to hear what CJ has to say. Calls from Indiana. So I'll get to that after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Showers likely and colder tomorrow. High forecast of 51. And don't forget tonight to set your clocks forward one hour for daylight savings time. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate. Heating and air, we're talking about Vault 7, the big WikiLeaks reveal, tops Edward Snowden in uh, in volume and depth, supposedly. I don't know. I don't I don't take stuff like that at face value. Do you? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to CJ in Indiana. Cool. Hey, You're Monica, on the air. CJ, enjoying today's show. Thank you. What you got? Contribute. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's CJ from Rogue Money, and I want to thank you for Ah, CJ, great. It was a terrific show, but I think hopefully with Ball 7, I'm hoping that one thing that comes into discussion is in regards to our Constitution and perhaps what could be an overreaching you know, government in terms of our, our, our basically our Fourth Amendment. Uh, with you know, protects us from unreasonable searches and seizures, and we may even see some court cases that goes back if it if it even gets acknowledged that this is a true leak that these these things exist. And there's been court cases before in the past where the government has released or even prosecuted based upon the belief that they do not want to reveal their their technologies oh that's so interesting so maybe this opens the door to let people actually have their day in court that's interesting because there was a guy nachio who went to jail for four years he was a quest he was the ceo of quest and he would not cooperate with the warrantless wiretapping and they put him in jail for like insider trading and he said he had evidence defensive evidence that they had framed him out of retaliation for not cooperating, and he was denied that evidence in court because they said for national security reasons. Now, this probably doesn't apply to that, but that's an interesting angle that you bring up. And I have, I have well, one more, one more angle. Uh, I that I I do have to cut your break, but that's so awesome that you called CJ because CJ is one of the guys from. Rogue Money, I did this great a couple of interviews with them. You can go to my website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, and click through to that, listen to the podcast of it on YouTube. Uh, but what the other thing I'm thinking is the other legal issue here is this is the CIA hacking who knows what, foreign companies, foreign countries. Do 
do we authorize our agents in government to use our money and our authority to violate the sovereignty, the private property of people outside our borders? That's a seriously destabilizing position. It's why American exceptionalism, an exception to sovereignty, does not sit well with me. What do you think? 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. You maniacs! You blew it up! Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am back Saturdays 3 to 6 for the duration, but you can also find other stuff of mine, articles, podcasts, podcasts of this show, podcasts I do with Binkley. I just got a call from CJ before the break. He's a guy from Rogue Money, a great show. They broadcast that live every day on YouTube, and then you can hear the podcast after. I love doing shows with them. I've got one posted right now on PropagandaReportDaily.com. And uh, Binkley... Uh, I will just quickly say, or you tell them quickly how they can subscribe to that, and then I want I want to get back to our topic. They can go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and click on the iTunes or the Google Play icons on the right. All righty. And uh, I will tell you, and you can, so if you subscribe to the blog, you'll get an email every time I post, and like I try to post an article virtually every day, maybe every other day. Uh, so if you like that and you want to be alerted, go ahead and sign up. But I, what we're talking about now is Vault 7, and that's kind of right in my wheelhouse because it ta- it's evidence, even if it is a limited hangout, which I think it is, like a leak that was leaked on purpose, hang stuff out there that makes the CIA look bad. It's limited. It doesn't tell you everything there is to know about the CIA. It doesn't actually doesn't. I mean, it may be the dog that doesn't bark. That's actually proof of my theory in that it actually doesn't have anything in there that's super damaging. All it's going to do is allow the CIA to uh, uh, reduce the transparency and increase the spending level up. I think it works right in their favor, but it's in my wheelhouse because these are things that I've been talking about for a long time, including this idea that your devices can listen to you in your house off. And that actually really bothers me. I don't know if that really bothers anybody else, but it really, I mean, Binkley, do you think about it all the time? I think about it all the time. Yeah, I, I talk trash to all my appliances as I walk. <laughs> you're yelling at Alexa. Yeah. You're saying really awful right. things to Alexa. Just in which, case anybody's listening. Which is going to be used against you. You know, <laughs> you could say, I have this theory that now we're all like on PC, totally reacting, saying people are using slurs left and right, saying all this stuff, and it's all getting downloaded yeah. to the Fusion Center in Utah, <laughs> and their their voice to text is putting it all away. And then when the left is back in power, they kind there's a Nuremberg. You know, everybody gets gets offed because they use on PC language, and there's proof of it everywhere. That's what Alexa is for, to, as a repository for all the foul things that <laughs> that you you know. But the funny thing is you can even say the stuff, not mean it. Like if you try to make a joke, they'll, you can see the politicians do that. They say some stupid joke, and then it's like, can you believe that Donald Trump called for Chuck Schumer to be investigated for Russian spying because he had a donut with Putin? Well, <laughs> Did you see that tweet? It was a tweet. It was so hilarious. Yeah. Trump tweeted, 
a picture of Chuck Schumer having a donut with Putin like 15 years ago. And he's like, see, Chuck Schumer's a Russian, Russian spy. spy. I, I took it as a joke, <laughs> you know? And then I saw an article in some mainstream media outlet like, it's outrageous. Donald Trump accuses Chuck Schumer of Russian spying. And I was right. like, it was just a joke. <laughs> but that's how I feel like you can't even, it really sucks up your humor. Yeah. And I was taught that from my uncle was a priest and when I was a kid, I remember him saying, if you don't have standards, if you're just a subjectivist, like liberals, you know, he didn't like liberals, said so that if he's just a subjectivist, uh, like people on the left, that your your humor goes away because humor is a contradiction of what the norms. And if you're like anything goes, there are no norms. How can you make a joke? You know, how can anything be unexpected if you're trained to to not react to the unexpected? Like, hey, whatever goes, you know, if you want. Whatever. Yeah, our Alexias are going to start telling us that those are really insensitive comments. It could be. Yes, you might. And our and our Android's going to be a protected class. Like that's <laughs> going to be. Didn't somebody somebody tweeted? I noticed over the last day or two. I think it was Dean. Like yeah. in Europe, they're talking about giving them rights. Like you can't mistreat them. <laughs> right. They're already oppressed. Androids. <laughs> Uh, so I want to get to some of these great calls, and I also want to get to some tweets. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, at Monica Perez Show. You got a tweet for me, Binkley? I do. Calvin says, so what do we do with the CIA spying on us for the past five to eight years? Live the rest of our lives in fear? Well, I'm sure they've been spying on us for longer than that, but that's – I actually – Think that way. So when Edward Snowden came out and talked about, which was also an open secret, that they're reading our emails and corporations read your emails, that's how come you get ads that are relevant to that. I, there is, I think there's even a switch in your Yahoo account that can turn that off or supposedly turn it off. So I'm totally paranoid about emails. Not totally. I kind of had to make the conscious decision to be okay with the emails now, to be like, all right, they could just make an email up anyway. You know what I mean? If they yeah. really wanted to uh, set you up, like, how could you ever prove it? They can obviously create IP addresses. Like, So I feel like this is the anti-chilling effect. Like, you just – it's so overwhelming. Just go for it. But now, when I really think about being recorded, my voice, which I'm sure they can also – I know they can do it with pictures. I know that they can make people look like they're doing and saying things they didn't do and say. But still, it it makes me want to – chill a little bit, but I, I will get to the point where I get the courage and the presence of mind to be like, okay, I'm not falling for what they call the pan-opticon. I'm not going to worry about pan-opticon. Everyone, you know, always watched, everything watched. I'm not going to fall for it, but it's a little tricky. What about you? You, What's your reaction? You just... I, I'm kind of on the same boat as you, where it's it, when they're going to use everything against you anyway. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, or you could use their what I consider to be their theory of the internet by overwhelming us with disinformation yeah. and contradictory information. You just can't keep up. Maybe we should just all walk around our house all the time saying the most foul things. It just sets off their alarms everywhere, plotting revolution. Yeah, everywhere. overwhelm them. <laughs> overwhelm them. It'll absolutely, positively never work. But <laughs> <laughs> they are way out of us. So let's take some calls. I'm going to Mark in Sandy Springs. Hi, Mark. You're on with Monica. You are on the air. Hi, Monica. Hi, Mark. Um, the federal government is not afraid of you at the moment or your listeners. Great. The, re the reason why I say that is I think that if you even come close to hitting the nail on the head, that they will react. 
I'll tell you, Mark, when I was absolutely, completely, totally wrong about Trump being like the foil for Hillary to win, like when I realized how wrong I was about that, I was so happy. (laughs) Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm totally safe. I'm no threat to anybody. <laughs> really? But, you know, if, if going with everything that I've been hearing uh, the past hour, if Snowden was that bad for the country, we know that, that Russia is filthy with CIA agents. Don't you think they would have got him by now? Brian Williams had an interview with him in Moscow a couple of years ago. And I remember saying, hello, people, this can't be real because he's like on America's Most Wanted. And Brian Williams just slips in there and puts it on network television. And then people are like, but are you suggesting that Brian Williams would lie? And I was like, "Um, yes, I am. And then where's (laughs) Brian Williams, you know? So I think that's complete baloney, the whole Edward Snowden thing. I just do. And I predicted why at the time I said he was talking about metadata collection and stuff under the USA Patriot Act, which wasn't even really legal. And the Patriot Act was expiring. And I said, by the end of this, we'll be so used to it that they'll institutionalize it. They'll make it a law that it's fine. We'll be so used to it after two years of talking about it. And then they had the USA Freedom Act, which not only institutionalized it, it pushed it down that metadata collection to the private level. So there's no even question of having to get a warrant before the fact. Right. We've already gotten used to it. <clears throat> yes. And just just the normal working person is, hey, this doesn't bother me. I go to work every day. Um, this doesn't affect me in any way. So what's the big deal? Yeah, I, I agree with that. But here's what I think ultimately the big deal is, is it goes where you – you get used to it. They they continue to amass the power. And then when they have all the power, like this is how I feel about the Second Amendment. Uh, people in other countries are like, look, our, our government didn't go totalitarian when we gave up our guns. And I'm like, yeah, because we have our guns and we'll never give them up if there's an, a living example of it somewhere else. But the second we lose our guns... The whole the whole entire world can crack down. It's like a turnkey totalitarian state and all these little things build up. They never abuse their power until they ha- there's no the point of no return. So that I, I I'm with you on that point. I'm going to Cordell and Decatur. Hey, Cordell, you're on with Monica. Hey, yeah, I've, you know, not including all of the things that you guys talked about. I just want to add one more layer to it. Um and that is the part of the report that talks about the assassinations that the CIA does with the wireless networks in these cars. You know, that was a big yeah. part of the report. And, I, you know, I didn't read the excerpts. I know what they're talking about, this idea uh-huh. that your smart car. And I, I, I was on to that. See, that's the thing. It was an open secret. I've been looking for an old Bronco for the longest time. I want the, I want the car, the dumb car, that when, you know, if you had to, like that movie, The Road, if you have to hit the road, you want to be in that dumb car. And, they, and as I've been looking at it, the prices have been going through the roof. And now, forget it. It's going to go. It's going to be impossible. Yeah, because you know, if you think about it, and um, I'm, you know, this is just to add entertainment value, though. You know, a lot of these, you know, people that have information with the drug companies or can help big business and stuff, and then they all of a sudden disappear or you know get into these one car accidents. I have no idea what they're driving, so 
you know, I've absolutely speculate. seen stuff like that. That is fishy. Stinks to high heaven. There even yeah. there were two Russian assassinations. Or, they're not assassinations. I'm not going to go on the record to say that. But fishy <laughs> deaths. The yeah. founder of RT died. Ultimately, it was he. First, they said it was a heart attack. Then they said it was. Oh, a blunt force suicide somehow. I don't know how he could kill himself using blunt force. And then they changed it to an accident, multiple blunt force injuries because he was too drunk to stand up. And then there was the, this was very serious recently in New York. The UN ambassador from Russia died of a heart attack, supposedly the day before his 65th birthday. They don't have to release the autopsy because he's a diplomat. Uh, that stuff's super, super fishy to me. And you can look up. I'm reading a book right now, Dark Alliance, by Gary Webb, who was his death was ruled a suicide, even though he had two bullet holes in his head. So, yeah, in, yeah. in that type of stuff, because it's happening on U.S. soil, you know, we talk about the Constitution. That type of stuff to me scares me the most because we don't question it. You know, but this is the CIA, which is, you know, the I stands for, you know, information. Um, so, you know, they're supposed to be just information, but they're doing all of this extracurricular stuff. You know yes, I've actually. I mean, not information, I'm sorry, intelligence. Yeah, I've heard that, that the intelligence, that it's, that's a misnomer, that they conduct operations. It's they, that they're just not gathering intelligence. Their job is to be uh, out there and. I think that's probably right. I've wondered if there's going to be a changing of the guard between the CIA and the NSA, but the NSA really, I think, is less operational and more surveillance. But the motto uh, of of the Bush generation surveillance uh, program was knowledge is power. So maybe that was enough. I want to get to Michael right after the break. He wants to know if I think that the government is using unreleased technology to spy. I will give you an answer to that. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 51 outside the studio. Skies are overcast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we were talking about the Vault 7 WikiLeaks uh, leak. I'm going to go to Michael in East Cobb. Hi, Michael. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I love the show. I uh, love the time. Um, I was, I'm a big fan of Richard Dolan's and his theory of the breakaway uh, civilization and the uh, theory that there is a black budget out there and our intelligence agencies uh, like the CIA and the NSA uh, might be even up to 30 years ahead of technology than what's known to the public. And I was wondering if that were the case, all of these tools and encryption algorithms that we have in our modern day RSA, oh, yeah. all kind, all they would all be vulnerable if that breakaway civilization has by now developed nanotechnology or quantum computing or nanocomputing. All of our encryption methods would every single thing would be broken right now. They can literally be listening on every single thing, Internet of yeah, Things, that's, car and everything. That's so funny because I did not, like, make the leap from obviously this stuff is last generation to, holy cow, what is the current generation? And I have to say, I, I uh, the CIA, I think, openly admits, at least I've had uh, at least one person tell me this, that... Even years ago, they were admitting to being 10 years ahead of us. So if you say, I, I think 30 years, what you just said, that sounds like a, a good number, a right number. So I wouldn't be surprised. That's totally blowing my mind. Like, I can't even, I would love to get a little insight into that. 
uh, Michael. So keep us posted. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I am back at my normal time for the duration, so uh, you can always uh, tune in if you want to hear it live, if you want to hear the podcast after the fact. I usually get that up Monday or Tuesday, and I put that on Propaganda Report Daily along with some uh, weekly podcasts I do called the Propaganda Report with my producer, Binkley. And uh, tell them how they can find that, Binkley. Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and click on the iTunes or the Google Play icon on the right. Subscribe, rate, and like us. There you go. And I have a special feature up on the website right now. Very special. A, uh, I had this live conversation with Rogue Money. CJ called earlier, and uh, people just the first time I did a show with them, they loved it. So this is the second time. I think you're going to love it. Check that out. And what we have been talking about is this Vault 7 release. And I just got a call before the break. I wish I had had more time with Michael talking about the the technology. And I think he's right about this. Like, there's basically no doubt in my mind, <clears throat> just from inside sources, that their technology, the CIA and whoever, behind-the-scenes guys, are anyone whose technology is a reflection of U.S. government spending on technology is so far ahead of us that we probably can't even conceive of it. So I remember, and he was saying something about nanotechnology, and I remember a couple of years ago, I, uh, Krista Devias, who's Clark Howard's producer and was my producer at the time, we used to talk about this stuff all the time, we saw this picture of a little, like, it looked like a dragonfly, but it was a drone. The Israelis had created this drone. It looked like a dragonfly. And then one time, you know, Atlanta has some, like, gigantic bugs. And it was like a bug like that. We're like, oh, that could be a drone. And it's true. Like, it could be a drone. And nanotechnology, I mean, it could be uh, a net. I- I'm serious. Like, it really blows your mind. <laughs> What's actually going? What you think I'm crazy? No, I'm going to start pawning the the flies that I swat in the house <laughs> for the technology. See if they squish. Yeah. They, well, I I mean I don't actually I don't know. I've Who seen knows? some of that stuff too. Little tiny drones. I have not actually. I'm not going to say I actually saw a tiny drone. I'm just saying I probably wouldn't know it if I did see it. Right. But you see actual drones. You see actual drones, which I didn't. I when I first started doing the show and. Noticed that the FDA or what FDA the uh, the FAA had authorized um, to tens of thousands of drones for the end of this decade. I was like, well, where are they all? Well, they're coming. You know, obviously they're coming because they're licensed to or whatever authorized being planned for. So that's a good tell. I see them all the time in the sky, like on a regular yeah. basis now. Yes, it's kooky and a little freaky. I think they have to keep them 
at bay because it'll just start freaking people out. That Once they have total, absolute total control, I think they can unleash it. But here's a weird thing about technology developed by the government. It People don't understand, I think, how much of this job-killing technology comes from the government. It, it, it Theoretically, like my... I'm a hardcore free market advocate. And theoretically, the market's clear. So if there's if there's labor available, private corporations, private enterprises will not choose capital replacements for labor until labor gets super expensive. So at McDonald's, they're going to have people working the cash register rather than replace it with an iPad uh, for as long as that makes economic sense. And in order for them to actually invent an iPad from scratch just for that purpose would really take a long-term, you know, big plan, long-term, that there's like some kind of labor shortage coming. And and so what the government, what happens, why I've always objected to government research and a lot of it like paying for, for the government subsidizing research anywhere, is that it screws up this market clearing for labor. And one thing... Uh, I was as soon as I scratched the surface on this, the evidence was overwhelming. So I didn't make a big study of it. Anybody who's interested can find it. Uh, driverless technology, the sensors and stuff would never, and voice to text. These are things that were never going to be viable for the private market to replace human beings dictating or driving or anything like that. That just was never going to happen. And because of government funding, maybe the DOD, the Department of Defense, I know did a lot of sensors, like driving sensors, driverless car sensors, those things are going to take, those technologies result in, they kill jobs. And I've noticed this trend. I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal today, uh, this week about artificial intelligence. They talked about how, they always talk about how artificial intelligence, robotics, technology are stealing jobs. And the punchline, nine out of 10 times, I anticipated the punchline, and it was actually in the Wall Street Journal article. I didn't even think it was going to be in that same article. And it's been coming from the right, from the Republicans anyway. I hardly even call them the right anymore. But it's coming from them, this idea of a basic income payment. They're justifying basic income payments where the top half of the country or whatever, top people who earn money pay a tax. But everybody, whether you work or not, gets a check from the government. And that, so if you're a high-earning person, you pay half your money in taxes, and everybody from the richest to the poorest gets a check for $30,000 a year. So all the poor people are now middle class, and all the rich people got the 30000 back, you know, that they, they overpaid, basically. It's this idea of a basic income, and it's, it's popping up in other countries. It's popping up here. It's weird because the Republicans are talking about it. Martin Feldstein and James Baker, I think it was, were talking about having a carbon tax and resulting in that. I saw in Obamacare, they have this idea. It's it's they're whittling away at it. They're making it more um, income and age specific. But they're taught they they're going to write a check to everybody to subsidize their insurance payments. Irving Kristol, the father of neoconservatism, said the two things that he would want for the conservative welfare state that he envisions is some kind of universal health insurance and this idea of children, a child's basic income payment for children. So I, this technology stuff that the government, so maybe this Vault 7 thing results in a huge windfall of extra 
cyber spending at the government level, these technologies transfer to the private sector. And really, not only do they steal jobs, they create this dependency class, a dependent class that they're already trying to lock in forever with this basic income. Is that... Binkley, tell me if that you could follow that. Does that make sense? Because I know I, it's a big idea. I've never introduced it before, but I really, it's getting louder. I keep hearing more about it, and I, and I feel like the signs are everywhere. Total dependency uh, by, you know, offering people something free, essentially. Yeah, and what, what happens is they give everybody a check, and they say, well, this will solve all the problems because I'm giving you enough to buy health insurance. I'm giving you enough to eat, to by uh, schooling for your kids. I'm giving you enough for all that. But, of course, when people squander that, you know, if you're going to do that, you better make sure people don't decide to take that money and go on drugs, you know? Yeah. Then you're going to end up with people in the street again, and you're going to look like a jerk for not helping them, whereas this country has trillions of dollars that's supposed to take care of that problem, and foreigners like, wow, you guys really have so much poverty. It's like, yes, I know, because they steal all our money and they squander it. We would help these people. We have no extra money. Right. You know, and they're not doing it on purpose. So I, I fear it. It's weird that it comes from the Republicans, but, the, the, you know, it's just weird. I don't I don't I haven't really cracked the code on it completely. I want to go to a quick call. Don't worry, Robert. I am uh, not going to demand that you answer my theory about the basic income. Robert, you are on the air. How are you doing, Robert? Uh, yeah, good afternoon. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Hey, um, I, you're talking about a 30-year timeline. I don't know if this is directly applicable, but there was a study done by the Air Force at Air University in 1995 or 1996 titled Air Force 2025, where they try and predict for purposes of manning and budgeting capabilities out into the future to identify the threats at that time. Uh, as part of that, they also pointed out some technology which was either in the works or envisioned as possibly coming into existence around that time frame. And you talked about some of the microbots or using large satellites to um, position mirrors to turn some, turn night into day for the Whoa. purpose of the attack and go back to night. So th- th- there are some things that have been out there. Look at the Air Force 2025 study. Just Google it, and you'll see some of the capabilities they envisioned as being possible in that time frame. Do they update this thing? Because that stuff's super cool. I, I want to see what what's on tap for you know twenty forty. Uh, I've not seen an update. Um, they, uh, my guess is probably so because you're always trying to think one, two, three steps ahead uh, of your adversaries. Th- this was done solely to plan. Say, okay, what are the the possible adversaries of the future? And so it lays it out in terms of. Uh, a geopolitical, so you have Saibatsu, or you have the rise of Islam, you have the rise of Russia, and what capabilities would they bring? That's interesting, because sometimes when I read this stuff, like uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski wrote about this American technotronic era, about how we would have a highly controlled society where all your, everything, your three-dimensional life history could be brought up with a keystroke by some operator in some data center somewhere, which is all coming true. But I think he wanted you to think he was predicting it. I think he was planning it. I think this stuff is uh, sometimes their blueprints more than just uh, expectations. But I totally want to dig into that. Got to take a break. Be right back. 800 WSB Talk at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
High today of 61. Tomorrow's high is 51. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a McDonald's weekend prize pack for you. A pair of tickets to see Boston in concert with special guest Joan Jett, July 19th at Verizon Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. And a pair of tickets to see Foreigner in concert with special guests Cheap Trick and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience, July 29th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. The first to call 404-741-0750 gets that, and I have time to go to Matt in Atlanta. Hi, Matt. You're on with Monica. Hi. Sorry, this is actually Max. Oh, hey, Max with an X? Yes, with an X. Okay, Max. Lay it on me. Um, well, I was calling. You were mentioning earlier, specifically, I believe it was McDonald's, about replacing the cashiers, the workers there with, you know, iPads or similar yeah, technology. Yeah. Um, and then you spoke for a little while on a universal basic income. Yeah. I was wondering if you thought that that sort of uh, development would be inevitable with the current uh, rate of automation? Well, I think the funny thing is they're acting like it's a response to automation, but the automation is being driven by the policymakers, and this is a big government policy. I wrote a little bit about it. I recently wrote an article when James Baker and Martin Feldstein, like two high-ranking GOP affiliates, were... Uh, we're saying have a carbon tax and use that for basic income payment. It was just absolutely insane, in my opinion. You can chat. I wrote the article. It's on propagatorreportdaily.com. Uh, right. So I've been following it, and I feel like, uh, you know, is it inevitable? I think we have to fight against it. That is definitely how it's going. They, they had an actual referendum about it in Switzerland. They're talking about it in the French elections. Uh, They're talking about it in India. I, I just... A quick search, I could see it popping up everywhere. And theoretically, I can understand how it's a better alternative from if you're going to live in a welfare state anyway, because it gives people more free choices so they can have, you know, it's more efficient in that way. But like the way they're using it in Obamacare, which is they're, they're surely they're going to make them buy health insurance. And if you read Irving Kristol's book, it's really an expose of the true nature of the Republican Party right now. He talks about how the conservative welfare state is just forcing people to spend their money on certain things. I want to talk a little bit more about the basic income payment after the break because it's an interesting topic and and it might be uh, it might sneak up on us. 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, back on track with my regular schedule. And we have been, we were talking about Vault 7, which is this big WikiLeaks uh, dump of CIA hacking tools and we, the conversation turned to how much far further advanced the government is than what we're aware of, that this stuff is obviously obsolete. Those are not their current tools. We wouldn't even we probably could hardly comprehend what they actually are capable of. And 
that led me to talk about a little bit of how the government takes all this money through the Defense Department, research at universities, stuff like that, and they invest. Even just having an R&D tax deduction, research and development at corporate level, I, I actually think that kind of works against the interest of the taxpayer because this stuff subsidizes either directly or indirectly technological improvements beyond where the market would demand them. So if you have excess labor, you do not the private sector does not invest in capital or technological advancements until the labor, the marginal cost of the labor is higher than the marginal cost of capital. And it and it balances out over time. Human resources should always be employed. That's what we want. It's how we get food in our mouths. And because the wage rates adjust to that, you're always going to have basically maybe not perfect employment, but you're going to have a lot more employment than you have now. I mean, you can look at unemployment rates at four, five, six percent, but really look at the the tens of millions of people who, for whatever reason, are not out there working. So they're not using their abilities and being self-sufficient and all that. So here is the government making technologies that subsidize the replacement of labor with capital and technology, and it and it creates the systemic unemployment. Then. You have people in the government on the right. It's like a Republican idea saying what we need to help with this is what's called a basic income. Everybody gets a payment, and it's come up in different ways. They uh, Baker and Feldstein I talked about earlier asked for a carbon tax to finance it. Obamacare, I feel like the Obamacare replacement with their payments to people to subsidize their insurance. It's actually just like a payment by a schedule based on age and income. That is a stepping stone towards the basic income payment, in my opinion. And uh, and I think it's dangerous for a few reasons. I wrote an article about it recently. I'm happy to talk about it. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me. Uh, Binkley, do you have any tweets for me on the uh, basic income topic? Yeah, Dean tweets, basic income follows the same blueprint as defense spending. Create the need for something that you want to sell to the public. Ah, interesting. Yes, it's um, it, there. I think it's like a dialectical principle, they say, like, one, you know, that the dialectic classic dialectic is thesis, antithesis, synthesis. But there's like a version of it that's classic government operation problem reaction solution so they create the problem and then they the reaction is oh there's a problem and then they give you the solution so they created this problem this this uh technology outpacing the labor clearing labor market clearing is uh, in my view absolutely a government funded phenomenon and now the government's saying oh well now we'll do basic income payment i think what dean is saying is they're they're actually intentionally bringing that uh, problem to bear. And, you know, a funny thing, I've been wondering if they really kick out low-skilled laborers, if, like, if the, if the lowest-skilled laborers here are illegal immigrants, if that is true, and they're kicking them out, you have this floor, this welfare floor of Americans where 40 or 50, you know, almost 50 million Americans are on food stamps, You've got welfare. There was one study that was a little bit questionable, but that basically if you're not making $40,000, you're better off on the dole. 
that creates this massive amount of unemployment at the low end. And if they're doing that, if they've got a basic income payment or whatever, and they get rid of all the low-skilled workers, that in itself creates a could tr- create a tremendous demand for these. We were talking earlier about artificial intelligence, robots. You know, people laugh, but uh, but it's there. What they show us of these like androids, in uh, my view, is probably numerous generations from what they're actually capable of. I mean, Binkley, what do you think? Do you think that they're what you're seeing, like these kind of robotic robots, or are we really in, in I agree world? that we're like 30 years behind, and I think that they're going to test it within the public before the public is aware. So we're probably going to be interacting with androids before we realize that we're interacting with androids. You really think that? I do. Do you like – is it because of stuff you read, or you just feel like – is it like a gut feeling? I, I – I'm just going on the logic of I, I genuinely believe because information travels so quickly that they can build stuff a lot quicker than, than we realize it. So they're decades ahead of us. I and, believe they're decades ahead of and us. And they have to see how we react to things before they, they let us know that, that things are real or not. Yeah, I do feel like they are much more masterful than people think. If you look at some of the think tank reports, I always talk about the report from Iron Mountain, which they later disavowed, said it was a hoax. But it was on the New York Times bestseller for nonfiction <laughs> in the 60s. And it talked about how they can build computer programs to see how a change, a minor change. This was the example they used. A minor change in the draft law. Uh, this was during the Vietnam War would um, affect real estate prices in lower Manhattan. And and they said, you know, this is not a negligible impact. It's a real impact. We can anticipate it. We can model for it. That was more than 50 years ago. But then you turned me on to a book by Harold Laswell. Yeah. That said, National Security and Individual Freedom. And I think this was the beginning of making those two things weirdly, like instead of opposites of one another, like libertarians think, it's he actually like fuses it that without national security, you can't have individual freedom. There's some tension in that book. But his but the book, it's so interesting. It's out of print. It's a little bit of a dry slog, I have to confess, but <laughs> I did get through it. And what he talks about towards the end is how he sh- sh- we should set up this pervasive network of think tanks also uh infiltrate communities with like city council members and stuff to talk this way about this stuff and they they it was very deliberate he was a yale professor he was writing this for the that high level audience on behalf actually of corporate Sponsors. It was like big corporations that were behind this, and he and it and it was very explicit about how this and he was it was like generous. Like we need to mold society for the good of society, and this is how we're going to do it. People need to be shepherded through this process. It's very. It's it's if you. It is Machiavellian. He fe- he he just has such a way of making you feel like he's doing it for your own good. But they think about stuff like this, is my point. They think about putting people out there in the community uh, and testing things. I mean, that is also something that you'll find in the PSYOPs, the Psychological Operations Manual. They put stuff out there. They see how they react. They tweak it. You can expand a PSYOP if it looks good. You can pull it back if it doesn't. I think Edward Snowden got the green light, like, at every, uh, you know, vector, every inflection point. It was just like, ah, this this is working like a charm. Go, go, go. Because then all of a sudden he was – there was a movie about him. This is a guy who had, like, a 10-minute interview in a a hotel. And they're like, oh, actually – 
we had spent weeks following around with these super expensive cameras, and now we made a movie and won an Oscar. It's like, really? That That's definitely not what happened. You know, like, <laughs> not a chance. But it got just green-lighted, literally green-lighted. So, uh, so yes, I think that's probably right. That, and that's probably what these movies, Westworld, the, the TV shows, Westworld and Humans, are there to get us kind of, like, thinking Asking about it. questions about it, yeah. Yeah. So, should we... Well, I guess we probably don't have any tweets on that because that was a little impromptu. <laughs> but we have any tweets on the basic income stuff going back to that? Yeah, JBX tweets, basic income. We can only hope that's true. Ah, uh, this, see, people will think that that, that guy is saying he wants a basic income. And my feeling is that the people who want that are, they feel, it was a, oh, it was in, I think it was in Our Enemy, The State by Albert J. Knox, like an 80-page book. It was so good. So was a report from Iron Mountain, like 80 pages. He said, I it just I had to puzzle over this line for so long, and finally I was like, yes, I get it. What he said was, we will always have this problem, this tension, whatever we're talking about right now. Uh, I can't even put a name on it. Uh, while people think a job is something to be given, they feel like they have no control over having a job. They're just waiting for a job. That's why this guy wants a basic income because he has no control over his ability to work. But, but everyone will work. I mean, everyone can work. I mean, everybody can make hamburgers or sandwiches or drive you around on their bicycle or whatever if the government got out of the way. And ultimately, even if you couldn't, you could there, – there's so much land in this country. You could go find a little corner where you could just grow enough just for you. Eat squirrels. Like the, the uh, Joy of mm. Cooking tells you how to skin a squirrel. <laughs> I had a caller once who was like, I know it sounds redneck, but everybody should know how to skin a squirrel. I'm like, dude, I'm with you. Totally fine. I like stuff like that. So, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but it, ultimately you, you are empowered when you realize your ability to create your own basic income, which is why – this basic income concept is closely tied to the idea of private land ownership from way back. So Thomas Paine, who's like a libertarian hero, in the most parts, people don't realize he was in favor of a basic income. And the Georgists, who are basically anarchists, also believed in a basic income, I believe, because they felt like we hadn't solved the question of how do you own land is it possible for a human being to own land? Now, I think it is, and I think it's essential, and I think that's the core of everything. But I understand the question, like that original property right. It's it's a very interesting question to me. really don't have time to get into it right now. But I will point out there's a UN document, Habitat One, which says that we believe in private property except for in land. We want no private ownership of land. And if you look at that as the backdrop for these policies, environmental policy, stuff like that, uh, these smart cities, centralized cities, taking your driving away, driverless cars, everything that disconnects you from autonomy, from being able to take care of yourself, from, from living where you want to live out in, the, out in the world on some land and being able to grow your own food. That they know that ultimately if you don't have that basic ability to grow your own food, they do control your ability to feed yourself, your ability to have a job. Basic income is just another way for them to just control it right out of the box. But ultimately it comes from them, uh, from you not being able to go out there and forge your own way, think outside the box. And I know, Binkley, even though I have to take a break, I know that you're a big 
think outside the box guy and uh you know that people shouldn't feel constrained by the you know the four walls around us but i think that in reality uh the powers that be want to cut off all of these options for us and that's a very theoretical way of saying I'm opposed to the basic campaign. <laughs> and I will I will wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's getting colder and colder with a forecast high of 47 Monday as the work week begins. But that could change. So stay tuned for to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And do not forget to turn your clocks forward one hour for daylight savings time. I am going to let Anthony and Snellville have the last word of the day. Anthony, lay it on me. Yes, ma'am. I just uh, was listening to your program. I heard you mention uh, Thomas Paine. Uh, to me, he was the um, hero of the American Revolution. I really believe that everyone in the swamp should read his book, Common Sense. I've heard great things about that book. It's a little pamphlet, I think, uh, if I dare mention a a competing radio host (laughs) with the station. I think Glenn Beck put that out, uh, you know, in kind of new edition of Common Sense. And I feel like that it it is full of common sense from what I read of it. It was always surprising to me that Thomas Paine liked this idea of a basic income. Is this the first you'd heard of that, or did you know about that before? Uh, no, man, I did not know about that, but I read Common Sense in 1970. Oh, my goodness. You're... You're dating yourself, if I can. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Uh, this I can understand the concept of the uh, even people who I consider to be like libertarian, the basic income thing, especially people who came out of England or observed England because they, it, it, over hundreds of years, the, the upper classes basically locked up all the land ownership, and there was no way to access that. That is not the case here. I feel like. There are a lot of legal principles at work, especially the rule against perpetuities, which I cannot get into right now. But that keep the the land for the living, it keeps it moving. And uh, I would not be in favor of the restrictions of private land ownership or basic income. Uh, but I do, I think you're right. Thomas Paine's Common Sense is a good place to start. I'll be back next Saturday from 3 to 6. You can check out my podcast and my Propaganda Report podcast and my articles on PropagandaReportDaily.com. This is Monica Perez.